Well, let me just pray before I speak. Uh, Father, uh, may I share your heart this morning. Uh, may my words be your words to speak to us each in our homes today. In the name of Jesus, amen. How long, how long? Now, normally um, at the beginning of the summer holiday, about week two, that's what parents are crying out. And now we have summer holidays on the back of months of lockdown. And I'm sure whether we have children or don't have children um, in these past four months, we have been crying out how long, how long. The Psalm 13 is a good example of personal lament. Uh, there's so much lament throughout the Bible. Um, if, you, if, you, if you scratch the surface, you'll be amazed. And uh, Tim introduced this form of prayer to you last week as um, we use it to deepen our relationship with Jesus. And I want to look today at how the Lord takes our prayer of lament when we cry out to him in our suffering and uses it to work within us and respond to our cry. I think there's a slight shift when we pray the prayer of lament. Um, we are taking our sorrow and our suffering and we are worshipping with it, not in it. And there's a difference when we worship in our suffering, we try to engage with the worship songs that are there or try and pray as we would normally pray. Um, but when we lament, we take that as part of our worship and we offer it to God. And I think when we do that, it's an authentic way of relating to God. But what happens when we do? Well, firstly, it just brings a raw authenticity to our relationship with Jesus. And it deepens it as we spend time with him. We're sitting there completely, completely vulnerable and honest in the presence of Jesus. And we're not keeping any part hidden from him. And we all hide things deep within from each other um, and from God. Although it's a bit silly with us, with God, because he knows everything anyway. But the thing is, he wants us to be that authentic, that we would take it to him. I mean, if you think about the relationships that you have, significant relationships, significant friendships, it's when you're vulnerable and go deeper and you share the good and the bad that those relationships deepen. And it happen as we lament before God. And we'll hear God say, I have your heart, even though it's breaking. I remember a time with my godparents decades ago, and I have the most wonderful, wonderful godparents. They make me smile every time I'm uh, with them. And um, they were friends with my parents. Well, my godfather was from the age of 10. They were best men at each other's uh, weddings, my father. And they had a deep and authentic relationship. But I was a child in that relationship, and so the trust was there. I loved them, um, but it was on that level. And I remember um, I was living in South Africa from the age of seven, and I came here for my 21st. And they picked me up, and they were taking me to dinner. Now, bearing in mind, I'd probably seen them six times over 26 years um, in that time. And so I didn't really, really um, know them at that time. And um, I got to the house and they had done the most beautiful spread on the table. They had gone to so much effort and um, they had made the starter 
avocado roots. Now, for some of you who are older, you'll know that in the in the 80s, uh, if you had avocado roots, you were pretty posh, and that was a pretty mean starter. Well, I hate avocado. I absolutely loathe it. I can hardly get it down my throat in its raw form. But I didn't want to hurt them. I didn't want, I didn't know how they would react. So I sat that starter and I ate the entire avocado. And I want to tell you, I can still gag at the thought of how, I don't know how I did it actually. And we laugh about it now because as I returned to the UK uh, 20 years ago, I've spent loads of time with them and we've been through some pretty horrendous and really painful times of loss together. And that authenticity of our relationship has grown. And today, I'd most definitely say, you have the Evo, I'll eat the prawns. Um, and we'd be able to laugh. It's a simple example, but you get the point, right? When we're honest, then we understand each other better. And we accept with grace those things. And so God wants our honesty. He knows it anyway. So when we bring it to him, it shifts our relationship. Secondly, it increases our faith. When we turn to God in our lament, rather than walking away and saying, well, there can't be a God because he's not here in the suffering, what God would be like that. When we turn to him, we're saying to him, when everything looks like you're not there or you're not who you say you are, I refuse to let go. I am holding on to you. I am not letting go. And when I hold on, I want to hold on to the heart that I know that you have. I may not feel it right now, but I know that you have. And in that space, will you hold my heart that's breaking? Job is a good example of this. Um, and I often marvel at him. Um, and I guess I, when I read that uh, book, it's almost like he was righteous. He didn't do anything wrong. So I'm in a far worse place uh, than him. And he'd lost his family, his wealth, his home, his health. I mean, it looked dire uh, for him. And his friends trying to say to him, well, you must have forgotten something. You must have done something. Like, look what's going on. And yet he refused to let go. As he wrestled it through with God, as he tried to work out what was happening and sought meaning through what was happening, he laments. And he laments well. He refuses in that moment to believe that God is any other than who he knew him to be in the good times and who he knew him to be in the scriptures. And his lament begins with how long? And then it leads to this in chapter 19. I know that my redeemer lives and that in the end he will stand on earth. After my skin has been destroyed, and yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes and not another. Oh, how my heart yearns within me. A deep yearning to find the God he knows. And finally, lament changes our heart, and it does that in several ways. Firstly, we get a glimpse of God's heart as he feels the pain of looking at this broken world, the world he created to be very, very different, but gave us freedom of choice. And when we cry out about our broken world, then we touch a bit of him and how he feels. And that 
in our lamenting gives us a different perspective on things. A God who is compassionate and reaches out and hurts with us. Sometimes it can bring us to a place of repentance and therefore receiving forgiveness, which we know uh, changes us. You know, as we lament and we pour out our anger or our hurt or our pain, uh, whatever it is, we may be prompted in our spirit to think about where we have strayed from God and not put him first. Maybe it's the modern idols that we put in front of our worship and in front of our serving God. Maybe we're just too busy. I don't know. Or maybe we have actually done something that we know uh, we are guilty of that has triggered some of our suffering. And as we repent then and offer it back to God, then God forgives us. And when we're forgiven, we are transformed and we draw closer to God. Lament can also bring peace. Um, Horatio Spafford lived in the 1800s, and he was similar to Job. Uh, it's quite interesting to read up on his story. But basically, he lost his home in a fire. He got on a ship to relocate. He lost his family. Um, and he wrote um, one of the most beautiful hymns as a lament to God. And you will know it. Um, it is well with my soul. And we were going to try and play it after the service, um, but I'll send a link out uh, tomorrow because if we put things up that are copyrighted, we could get muted on Facebook, which won't help us next Sunday. Um, so I'll put it in the thing, but you can Google it and look on YouTube. It is well with my soul. As he cried out to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit brought him peace, didn't change his circumstances, didn't take away his pain or his grief or his fear, but it brought him peace in the situation. And he found solace in God. Here's the words. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows see like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well. And lastly, lament, it brings hope. As we hold on to God in a supernatural way, our hope is restored. This won't last. We will come through. I can be healed. Whatever it is you're crying out for. Habakkuk cried out uh, to long, how long? And then he gets to a place where he acknowledges the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer, and he enables me to tread on the heights. He does the impossible for me and brings me through. That's God's providence. He doesn't bring suffering, but out of it, we find his divine care and his direction. And that brings us through, and it brings us into a completely different place in our relationship with him. So as we lament, we find the sweet, sweet love of Jesus. We found ourselves closer to him than we have ever been before. And like Job, our hearts yearn for more of him. So as we yearn for him, as we trust him with our hearts and to hold our hearts, we will find him there walking with us, breaking with us, 
and drawing us, he will draw us out into an open, spacious place that he promises us. Amen. I just had a, a sense this morning when I was praying for the service that the Lord wants to draw us each closer. And that doesn't have to be through a lament if you're not in that place. But wherever you are, the Lord is saying to you, draw closer to me. Let me walk with you right alongside you. So Maisie is going to lead us now in a song of reflection. And why don't you just sit with the Lord and ask him to show you and to draw you closer. <laughs> 